Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord. We are here because we serve a risen Savior. Christ is with us, has called us to this time and place of worship. It is a joy to gather here and worship with you. And I would just remind you of the registration pads that you find to your right or left because it helps us to know of you sharing in worship at First Church this morning. Helpful as well if you are attentive to the opportunities for fellowship and service as they are before us. You find them listed in the bulletin in regard to meetings that are before us in the coming week, opportunity to serve with the lunch bunch. Uh, also, our leadership team will be meeting on Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock and not 7 o'clock as listed in our bulletins. And a reminder again of the food bank and clothes closet ministries which operate from our ministry center across the street this coming Saturday. Also, as we gather and worship during the month of October, I'm hoping you are attentive to these gift surveys that are before us as we look to 2020, to leadership. Uh, it's helpful for us if, if you can indicate where you feel God may be calling you to serve him. So please take one of these sheets if you have not done so. Give it some thought and prayer. You may return it by way of the offering plate or just bring it to the church or sending it. Uh, but it is very helpful for us as we look to leadership for 2020 and beyond. Just some notices regarding the bulletin as it is before us. We were expecting a presentation from Acts 4 ministry. However, there's, there's sickness among one of the gentlemen there, so that will not take place this morning. We will reschedule that. Also, our closing hymn will be number 2212. It is from the hymnal companion, The Faith We Sing, 2212. It will not be blessed be the tie that binds. And again, we will share a reminder of that as that time approaches. Also, we know Mary Myers has long been involved with the City of Hope and wishes to share with you an opportunity regarding the City of Hope. Marion? Yeah. You know how excited I always am about what's happening at the City of Hope. And you are invited to a special Festival of Hope this Saturday, which is going to be held at the Walker Theater at Patrick Henry Community College. Now, you never get to see my hundred orphans at the City of Hope, but they're there and there are 450 in our day school. There are over 200 now in our secondary school and our, at our clinic with our two doctors and our two nurses, we saw 8,000 people last year. And we're having babies almost every night <laughs> being born. It's so exciting. And this is a fundraiser for the City of Hope. But you have seen our children, I, I call them children, our teenagers from, from Mountain Mission School, 36 that we have from the City of Hope there. And they've been here to sing a little bit for you. But this is going to be quite a production that they're putting on uh, this Saturday at 4 o'clock from 4 to 6. And you can get your tickets at the door. And uh, we think it'll be a great time. And also, we're going to have a fashion show of the clothes that our women in Africa are making to sell. And they're making beautiful things out of their fabric. So I just want you, I know there are lots of things going in the fall, but if you can come and be with us, just pick up your invitation, if there's some out there in the hall, and come and visit us at 
the Festival of Hope next Saturday afternoon from four to six at Patrick Henry Community College Walker Theater. I hope I'll see you there. Thank you, Marion. And I invite us to prepare to worship God together. Ed Dietrich will now lead us in the call to worship, if you'll stand. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my mistake.
you stand and join me in the call to worship? In the midst of your chaotic week, you have come to worship. Our lives are full in so many directions. We seek God's guidance. Let go of the burden that weighs you down. God will take it. We thank God for the respite we are given. Tune your hearts and voices in praise to God. Let our voices bear the joy we feel because of God's love for us. the opening prayer that's in your bulletin or on the PowerPoint. Let us pray. Almighty God, across the ages you have guided your people through the wilderness, assuring us of a home in your eternal city. Strengthen us along the way 
that we might not neglect your call to serve the cities and towns where we live. Help us to trust in your unfailing presence amid all of our fears. Grant us wisdom to discern your way in this world, even as we hope for the next. of the Psalter reading from Psalm 137, verses 1 through 6. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy.
I'll invite our children to come forward as we share in our children's time. Okay, no takers this morning. That's okay. Well, you missed a heck of a story. Let me. We'll save it for another time. We'll have our Old Testament lesson. I told Keith I was being Beth Chapman this morning, running back and forth from here to there. Our Old Testament scripture comes from the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 29, the first verse, and then verses 4 through 7. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the Queen Mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the artisans had gone into exile. And this is what the letter said. This is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and daughters and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sarah. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How indeed? These words of the 137th Psalm, this Psalm of Lamentation, capture the sad experience, the dark days of the people of God who experienced the crisis of faith we know as exile. This was the experience of the people of God as these words are written around the year, say, 586 BCE. It is a crisis of faith difficult for us to imagine, really. God's people had for centuries dwelt in the land God had promised them and God had given them. God had entered into covenant with this people. Israel had been God's people, she alone whom God had chosen 
the instrument through whom God would bless all nations of the earth. To Israel, God had given the commandments. For Israel, he had raised up a king, King David, declaring from David's lineage there would be kings who would reign into perpetuity forever. It was King Solomon, son of David, who had the temple built in the holy city, Jerusalem, a temple seen as the dwelling place of God, a temple witnessing to this intimate relationship between God and God's people. And now all of this is gone. It's undone. It is no more. Because of her neglect of the commandments, because of her neglect of the widow and orphan, Israel suffers this judgment of God. It is judgment in which God raises up King Nebuchadnezzar and the nation of Babylon to conquer Israel, to send this people of God into exile by the waters of Babylon. She's no longer home. Her faith is displaced. She is invited to ask, has God broken his promises to us? She is brought to confess. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered home. On the willows there, we hung up our harps, for there our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? This is a crisis of faith, this displacement, this disorientation, and it is difficult for anyone to comprehend. In 2005, after serving a church for eight years in the west end of Richmond, I and Paula and our two daughters moved to a church about 30 miles south of Richmond in the city of Colonial Heights. As this new church to which I was appointed was that close, and given the fact that the pastor I was following had retired and vacated the parsonage, I was able to borrow a friend's truck and move some of our belongings to our new home before the actual moving date. It also meant this. After Paula and I and our girls had moved into our new home, we discovered we had left, I believe it was a lamp, in our previous home in Richmond was the pastor following me in Richmond had not yet moved into the parsonage there, I was able to drive back to Richmond one day and go back in the house to retrieve our lamp. Now, I don't know about you, but I confess that this was, as far as I know, the first time I had ever been in a totally empty house. I remember this as an odd and a disorienting experience. With practically no furnishings in the house, the sounds within the house, the acoustics were strange, different. With no furnishings and no family pictures placed anywhere, nothing hanging from the walls, the house did not even look like a house. The, the lighting was odd and peculiar. There appeared to be no sign of, of life here, no plants that we had had before. There was nothing speaking of welcome, nothing speaking of hospitality. Now, this was a place I had lived with my wife and daughters for eight years. 
holidays had been celebrated there, and birthdays had been celebrated there, and homework had been done there, and friends and family welcome and sleepovers took place there. But now as I return to this empty house to retrieve a left-behind lamp, it was not the same place at all. It, it was eerie, and I did not wish to linger any longer than was necessary. I grabbed the lamp and left. Now, I share this with you because this experience comes to mind as I visit this experience to which the prophet Jeremiah witnesses. That experience is exile. It is experience of faith in God, which has become faith displaced. It is experience of complete and total disorientation, experience of a world come apart, experience for which there is no precedent, no preparation, experience of trying to believe when all you have ever known is no more, experience of trying to sing the Lord's song in a place where it looks like the Lord is not. How shall we sing the Lord's song in this strange and foreign land? Exile. Now, crisis of faith is not an experience known only by God's people by the waters of Babylon, though. We remember Jesus, before his ministry begins, is driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. He is there 40 days, tempted, fasting. True, we do not refer to Jesus' time in the wilderness as a time of exile, but if this is not exile, there appears to be not much difference at all. We know we have in our scriptures a number of letters from the hands of the Apostle Paul. From where were many of these letters written? Prison. Again, technically speaking, this may not be exile, but it looks and feels much like it. The last writing we have in our scriptures is a writing we know as the Apocalypse, the Revelation of John. Early in this revelation, John writes to those who receive his witness, I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. In other words, I'm writing this to you from my exile on Patmos Island. Well, brothers and sisters, it appears this experience of exile is a well-established experience, not distant from, but at the heart of our faith. To these witnesses of Scripture, we could add more recent witness. We could add the witness of the Lutheran pastor, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, while imprisoned for his resistance to Hitler and to the Third Reich. Bonhoeffer wrote a great number of letters and papers from prison. He would then be hanged on April 4, 1945, at the Flossenburg concentration camp in Germany. We could add the witness of Martin Luther King Jr. with his letter to the clergy from the Birmingham jail. We may be even able to add our own witness of life in exile. Now, given that exile is not the most 
pleasant of experiences at all, while in exile, we may think of any number of ways by which God could remedy our situation. We might pray for God to act so as to provide relief for this crisis of faith. We might pray for this exile to end, pray that we are returned to our home. We might pray that our captors be defeated, that they receive the punishment due them. We may at least pray for some divine reversal of fortune. All of that we may do. However, none of this, it appears, may be of any interest to God. At least that is the way it appears based on this word of God spoken by his prophet. We heard his word spoken to those dwelling by the waters of Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens while you are there and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives to your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Now this may not be the message we had expected for these exiles. Given their grief, given their suffering, given the fact that according to Isaiah the prophet, they have paid double for their sins, we may expect some gentle words of mercy from the Lord. We're not told how the people of God heard these words of the Lord, Still, we may hear these words as surprising. You see, because these are not words speaking of an escape from this present state of exile. These are not words speaking of deliverance from this time in which they dwell by the waters of Babylon. These are not words telling God's people they are to seek some isolation from their neighbors. These are not words which speak of being raptured from some time of trial. These are not words speaking of being separated from neighbors. They're not words speaking of building a wall between us and the neighbors. No. These words of the Lord in our time of exile are words telling us to seek the welfare of our neighbors. In fact, says the Lord, our welfare is linked to the welfare of our neighbors. I remember hearing upon my arrival in Martinsville in, uh, in 2012 of how in this uptown area in which First Church is situated, there once, I'm told, sat a number of churches on Church Street, of course. And these churches, we notice, are in this area no more, perhaps being, being relocated to where they believed God to be calling them. But we notice, don't we? First church is still here. It is still an uptown church. And is this not because we believe God has called us to remain right here? Is it not because we wish to obey God's word to seek the welfare of those in this community and beyond. 
We know this good news, don't we? We know that good things happen even in exile. As painful as the exile was for the people of Israel, it was in exile where she shaped her identity and her practices of faith so as to claim God's future for her beyond exile. In exile, we know that Jesus was readied for his ministry. In exile, Paul was able to guide and counsel the early church. In exile on Patmos, John was able to receive and share the vision of God's victory for all creation. This is a victory of which we sing even in exile. God's people ask in faith, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? This is a question we may answer in song with the hymn, My Life Flows On. It is found in the faith we sing, and the hymn says to us, What though my joys and comforts die, I know my Savior liveth. What though the darkness gather round, songs in the night he giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Lord, since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? How indeed? Even by the waters of Babylon, for even here the Lord is with us. Amen. And as we sing.
affirmation of faith is before us, a modern affirmation, I invite us to share in these words. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and to death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love to set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. As we stand, I invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. Invite us to prepare to worship God with receiving His tithes and our offerings. to the piano, yes. thankfully. I'll invite our ushers to come forward.
Let us pray. Lord, you give us the assurance that you are with us always through all things, that never are we separated from you. Help us remember this as we look at all that you entrust to us, all you give to us out of your love for us, and accept but a portion of this that we return unto you. We pray that in your care you may be glorified and your people be blessed. Amen. I invite us to go to God as we pray, remembering that Jesus calls us to be those who ask and seek and knock. Our scriptures tell us to be those who pray without ceasing. So we pray with the prayers of the people. We share responsibly in this time of prayer, as I will name a series of petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, inviting from you the response, hear our prayer, and inviting you to, to name those concerns you feel led to offer in this time of prayer, and then we pray as Christ has taught us. 
we go to God as we pray. Lord, we thank you for the witness of those who have gone before us, our ancestors in faith. We are blessed by their witness, which tells us that even in times of darkness and crisis and exile, you are with us. It is a witness that tells us that beyond these times of exile, you have a future for us. It is witness telling us that all of our days are in your hands and that nothing can ever separate us from your love, a love revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we thank you for your saving word spoken anew this day. May it be a word we take to our hearts, a word upon which we feed daily and find ourselves satisfied. May it be a word to which we are faithful in all we say and to do. And may it be a word in which we are always open to seeing how you continually reach out to bless us and save us and claim us as your own. We thank you, Lord, that you are concerned for our welfare, the welfare of our neighbors. Help us now and always to be attentive to your word and to seek to be a blessing for the sake of those around us. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. For Bishop Lewis, Denise Bates, the ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. And Lord, hear our prayers gathered with those of your saints, joining us in this time of worship, praying with us as Christ has taught, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Again, our closing hymn, number 2212, from the faith we sing, My Life Flows On. go from this place assured that the one who goes with us never separates from us, is never parted with us, but keeps his promise to be with us now always through all things. 
This is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Go now in peace. Amen.